This is Jason Holleran. I proudly served for 33 years, culminating as the Deputy Commandant at West Point. Put this on your calendar. World War II weekend inside Old Bethpage Village Restoration on Long Island. Scores of operational vintage armor in formation May 18th and 19th. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman invites you to join him in saluting America's greatest generation and all those who have worn the uniform in defense of our freedoms. That's May 18th and 19th, presented by the Museum of American Armor. WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me. Five o'clock. Good morning. It is Monday, December 4th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sun clouds today, high 52. Tonight, overnight, partly cloudy, low 39. And then Tuesday, mostly cloudy, high 47. If you're walking out the door with us right now, 40 and partly cloudy in Nanuet up in Rockland County. 42 and partly cloudy in Oxford down in New Jersey. I have no idea where Oxford is. Maybe someone will tell me. And it is 45 and clear here in Midtown. So much to get to as we work our way up. Six o'clock hour, Sid and friends in the morning. I piled the kids, the family, into the car to go see one of those Christmas light shows that have become so popular over the last, I don't know, decade or so. Though I, I guess I shouldn't point out which one this is. I mean, if you went, you'll know which one I'm talking about. But um, I was surprised about, maybe I shouldn't be. Maybe you're thinking, why would I be surprised about the commercialism surrounding the holiday of Christmas and a Christmas light show? But normally when you drive around those Christmas light shows, there's lots of, you know, just Christmas lights that are kind of nice to look at. This one... They had sponsorships from Toyota. So in the middle of it, they had a fleet or a number of Toyota cars and then a big lit up Toyota sign. I don't know. That kind of rooted for me. The other thing is when they do these light shows, you, you don't need to throw Hanukkah and Kwanzaa in there. You know, I, I guess the feeling is you, they don't want to leave anybody out. And I guess that's a nice thing. But it, it's so odd and a little jarring in the middle of this thing to see this gigantic uh, menorah and then behind that a menorah for Kwanzaa. And it's this tiny little section and it's almost like, oh, here you go. <laughs> you know, it's almost offensive the other way. So I won't point out which one this light show was. We drove kind of a ways to go to this one just because the kids and the friends wanted to see it. But um, at this point, I think I've run my Christmas holiday light show out of me. Unless I think I just need things to explode. It needs to be a little more exciting than it is. Now it's just kind of the same thing every year. So that might have been my last one. You know, there's been so much talk over how bad of a flu season this is going to be and COVID and everything on the rise. And you don't know who to believe, but a um, Dr. Scott Gottlieb, he was the former FDA commissioner. He seems like somebody who's semi-reliable. He's saying that this is not going to be a bad year. It's going to be a typical flu and virus season this winter, and you shouldn't panic. We're probably looking at a more typical winter pathogen season than what we've seen in past years. Yeah, so everybody, or I shouldn't say everybody, but a lot of people are running out to get the RSV and the flu shot. And he's still saying that that's probably a good idea. And for young kids, older adults who are... 
are especially vulnerable. You might want to get a flu shot, the COVID booster. But um, he says the number of COVID cases continue to go down each year, definitely from past year. And he says um, that's probably going to be the case this year, even though we're getting these warnings of this crazy virus that might be circulating through China, people pushing back that maybe there's not so much to that. People who've been vaccinated with the new variant vaccine or who had a recent COVID infection should have some protection against this new variant. Now, I know in my circle, there's been an uptick in COVID cases, but nothing crazy. And even the people who I know who have it now say a couple say, well, I was at a wedding and I probably got it there. Uh, None of the cases terrible. So that's good. Flu has started later than it did last year. It's predominantly flu A, the vaccine does appear to cover it well, and the vaccination rates have been quite good this year. About 38% of adults and children have been vaccinated for flu. Yeah, so we'll watch that. But again, one warning saying how terrible it's going to be. Dr. Gottlieb said, no, it's just going to be your typical flu season. I'll go with that. Uh, a U.S. warship, multiple commercial vessels attacked in the Red Sea yesterday. Probably this is all related to the Israel-Hamas war. The USS Kearney which previously shot down missiles and drones aimed at it as it escorted a commercial vehicle, a vessel rather, through the war-torn region. It was targeted with at least two other commercial ships. This was about 10 a.m. local time yesterday. U.S. officials did not identify where the military fire came from, although they shot down at least one drone yesterday. Uh, Yemen's Houthi rebels who have proclaimed that they would attack ships uh, on the Red Sea over Israel's ground incursion into Gaza acknowledged that they targeted two Israeli commercial ships yesterday, but they didn't mention this U.S. Navy vessel. So the good news here, nobody hurt and they shot down one drone. Now the question is from the U.S. military we've asked is who was firing at them. We don't know that that. As the war amped up in the Middle East over the weekend, Israel Defense Forces carrying out this wave of airstrikes on Hamas terror assets in the Gaza Strip over the weekend. They attacked tunnels, uh, command centers, uh, weapons storehouses, uh, ground troops directed a drone to eliminate a terrorist cell in Gaza. They actually called it, what, uh, from the Israeli point of view, a good weekend. From the Gaza point of view, not so good. Hundreds, they say, dead. The military says uh, naval forces shelled Hamas military infrastructures and vessels. Since the start of the war, the IDF has located eight tunnel shafts and destroyed 500 of them, in addition to many miles of tunnel routes under civilian areas. Our soldiers are finding large quantities of weapons in those shafts. And then you had the Israeli military yesterday. They were continuing to evacuate Palestinians ahead of this expected expansion of the ground operation to the southern Gaza Strip. So they had Arabic-speaking Israeli military members telling people, hey, you want to get out of the way. It's going to get bad here. That as we don't know the fate of these 120 hostages still being held today. Those talks between Israel and Hamas broke off, and uh, that's when the war uh, amped up again. Uh, So you have these Israeli families now wondering whether their loved ones will ever get out. One of them is Michael Levy. His brother, Orr, is still being held today. He lost his mother that was murdered there, and his father is kidnapped and is a hostage now. And for us, it's crucial to, to get him back and to... That, uh, and, and to make sure that Almog uh, will have a father. 
And then we're hearing from some of the hostage families who were the last ones to be let go over the weekend. One of them was a woman who had been held for 53 days. She wears glasses, and in the when they grabbed her, her glasses fell off. So she went for 53 days without glasses. That might not have been the worst of what she went through, but now she has them back, and she has her freedom. And Rimon puts on the glasses, and she says, oh, I can see, like, for two months, I wasn't able to see. I can see. Yeah, yeah. Needham, of course, excited to have the family back now. So this woman, she was released. Her husband, unfortunately, still in captivity today. But the fight is not over because... WABC News Time 510. Let's finish out the mess in the Middle East. Uh, Benjamin Netanyahu's spokesman says the government military will continue to pound Gaza because they say it's a war they cannot lose. We can't have terrorists on our borders that can just... You know, it will cross over into Israel and butcher our people again. It must be understood the Israeli people will not stand for that any longer. The Americans trying to step in and bring some sort of peace to the area. Yet National Security Council spokesman John Kirby says it's unclear when talks aimed at resuming a truce between Israel and Hamas will restart. We would like that to happen today, but honestly, I, I just don't know. In fact, he was saying yesterday as he made his rounds on the news shows that it's really hard to get these sides back to the table. Hamas failed to come up with yet another list of women and children that could be released, and we know they're holding additional women and children, not combatants, not female IDF soldiers, but innocent civilians, women and children that they have that they couldn't put on a list. So unfortunately, the negotiations have stopped. That said, what hasn't stopped is our own involvement trying to get those back on track. Senator Lindsey Graham, also taken to the news shows yesterday, says he should put more pressure, the U.S., on Iran. That might be the key to get Hamas to release the remaining hostages. So what I would do is flip the script here. I would go to Iran and say, listen, uh, you know, you need to tell Hamas to let these hostages go. If you don't, you're going to start paying a heavier price. He believes if Iran feels threatened by what Hamas does, Iran will tell Hamas to change what they're doing. You know, Hamas doesn't exist without Iranian uh, help. Here's what I believe. If Iran felt they were threatened by Hamas's behavior, uh, they would have Hamas change their behavior. And then there's, there's been this reporting out of Israel that they knew about this Hamas attack plan for October 7th, more uh, more than a year before it happened. The New York Times reviewing a 40-page document which outlined the entire strategy, almost exactly how the Palestinian militant group, the terrorists, Hamas, were going to carry this thing out. This plan was... Um uh, detailing how 1680, 1680 Hamas commandos will cross the border in 60 different places. Yeah, the failure on the part of Israeli intelligence to react to this monumental. The word is, is they knew about this plan. They saw the Hamas training for to carry out that plan uh, for October 7th. But they said they didn't feel they had the means to carry it out. But clearly they did. They did not disregard it. But they said this is a sort of a dream, aspirational uh, plan. This is where Hamas wants to be, not where they are able to be. Then you had the chair of the House Intelligence Committee talking about this breakdown in intelligence. It's been amazing t- t- to uh, have our intelligence committee now working closely with the Israeli intelligence committee and see the gaps that they have.
Yeah, it is unbelievable. Ohio Congressman Mike Turner says the U.S. intelligence community has been working closely with Israeli intelligence, but they're shocked by what they've seen. But the other aspect that made this so dangerous is that even when October 7th began to unfold, um, their their forces didn't react. They didn't have the deployment ability to respond, not just the intelligence ability to prevent it. Of course, they'll go all over this when this war is over. Uh, the weekend... He's donating millions to help humanitarian efforts in Gaza now. On Friday, it was announced the singer donated $2.5 million through his Exo Humanitarian Fund, enough for 4 million emergency meals. The donation benefits the United Nationals World Food Program, which continues to try and make daily deliveries of food and aid to those trapped in Gaza. I'm Brian Shook. All right, let's bring it back home. And an attorney who clerked for Sandra Day O'Connor during her final years on the Supreme Court court bench says the late justice performed her job with great thought and care she believed in common sense and also compassion she knew exactly where her heart was and she was a brilliant lawyer and a brilliant justice theon evangelis says o'connor's appointment as the first female supreme court justice changed the legal profession for everyone she described the late justice as being down to earth recalling how it was o'connor herself who personally picked her and then picked her up at the airport, took her to lunch for an interview when she wanted to clerk, um, become her official clerk on the Supreme Court. You don't need to fly all the way to Washington. We'll wait until I'm in Phoenix and you can come see me there. And so I flew to Phoenix and she drove to the airport herself to pick me up. Across the, uh, the weekend, of course, everybody talking about what a trailblazer she was for women as being the first female Supreme Court justice. She changed the legal profession for everyone. But for me, she changed my life. I'm so grateful and I was so honored to be able to clerk for her. There was no greater honor and no bigger dream that I ever had. Justice O'Connor died, of course, in Phoenix on Friday at the age of 93. 515, a federal appeals court rejecting former President Trump's bid to dismiss civil lawsuits stemming from the U.S. Capitol riot. The three-judge panel denied Trump's argument he's immune to civil claims because he was president at the time. Trump is facing lawsuits from Democratic lawmakers and U.S. Capitol police officers who say he's responsible for inciting the violence in an attempt to overturn the 20. 20 election. I'm Dina Kodiak. All right, let's go out to the 2024 White House campaign trail. The Republicans who are not Donald Trump trying to do anything to stop his momentum. One of them is Florida Governor Ron DeSantis says he'll announce his health care plan in the spring. That's assuming he's still around. That. Obamacare promised lower premiums. It didn't deliver that. We know we need to go in a different direction. DeSantis not going into detail over the weekend other than saying it'll provide coverage at the lowest possible price. Probably in the spring we'll, we'll roll out uh, a big proposal. Uh, I've got a lot of input that, that's been coming in from a lot of good people around the country. But we will be definitely be addressing uh, insurance. So everybody wants to try to stop Donald Trump in Iowa. DeSantis has this uh, campaign. He's been in all 99 Iowa counties over the last month trying to do anything he can stop to do to stop Donald Trump's momentum. Will he be able to? It's not clear. Well, what I think they're going to need to do is have a plan that will supersede Obamacare. Uh, well, he's talking a little bit more about health care. Then there's, uh, of course, Nikki Haley, who now some people think has a better shot than Ron DeSantis. Um, she's entering the home stretch leading up to the 2024 Republican presidential primary. Uh, of course, Donald Trump continues to lead in every major survey of the race. Nikki Haley seems to have at least some momentum to be his chief primary rival. But does she have a real chance at the nomination? She's still polling at about 10 percent nationally, while Trump t- 
tops 60 percent in many surveys. Not only is she 50 points behind the former president, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is in between them, polling at 15 percent. So the big question is, can she do anything to stop it? Well, the one thing is primary contests are not national affairs. So that's the only thing she has going for her. They're uh, sequential contests in which a state's voting patterns can be affected by what happens in the states uh, that they're voted on. So she has the early contest, one, of course, her home state of uh, South Carolina, New Hampshire and Iowa. Um, there's been nobody who's coming back from that many points down, uh, but she believes she's the one who can do it. It's still, uh, you know, you have, it's like playing a football game. You got to play it. So we'll see what happens in Iowa, South Carolina, and in New Hampshire. Uh, now, what are we, like six weeks away? We're not far away from the first primary. 521, Los Angeles Police Chief Michael Moore announcing over the weekend the arrest of this guy in the murder of three homeless men in Los Angeles. Uh, this was a crime they were trying to solve, and they did a good job of figuring out who was behind it. The murder suspect of these three homicides is in the custody of the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department and has been identified as Gerald Joseph Powell, a male black, 33 years of age, and a resident of the city of Los Angeles. Now the question is, why did he do it? I am grateful that this suspect in this case is in custody and no longer a threat to our community. Yeah, I mean, it just seemed very random. Uh, they're trying to piece it all together. But Los Angeles' Mayor Karen Bass, happy this guy's behind bars. That under the leadership of Mayor Bass, the city and county of Los Angeles came together with our city service providers and nonprofits from the, throughout the region to protect and serve our most vulnerable population. We immediately assembled a task force of dedicated, highly experienced detectives and investigators, as well as our forensic services and other resources in the mission to identify and arrest the individual we believe responsible for these heinous crimes. 522, the smuggling of the illegal drugs across the southern border continues to be just a huge problem. But experts say it's a separate issue from illegal immigration. A professor, Gary Hill, he's at Rice University, says the cartels use mules, not uh, asylum seekers or migrants, to get the drugs across the border. Those methodologies are a separate line of business from human smuggling. They may use the same crossing points, but that would be somewhat Incidental. Yeah, and he says the vast majority of fentanyl is flowing through the ports. He says there's so many trucks that cross daily that the cartels are able to sneak big loads past checkpoints, and they do so daily. It's um, not that often. Does it happen? Yes. But is it part of an organized method to bring drugs across? Not really. Hundred thousands of trucks cross into the U.S. from Mexico. So even if you caught 10 percent, you still wouldn't get all of them that are coming across because of the volume. Yeah, last year the Fed seized 27,000 pounds of fentanyl. That's an 84 percent increase. Public hearings, they're going to be held here in the city today over Mayor Adams' control over public schools. Reports say Mayor Eric Adams is planning to request that the state legislature extend his power over the city's school system, which is set to expire in June of 2024. Mayoral control of city schools first came to be in 2002 during Mayor Bloomberg's era after the Board of Education was dissolved. Gives the mayor power to appoint a chancellor and enact major educational policies. The state education department is writing a report weighing the merits of mayoral control, which is due March 21st. This week's hearings will be held in all five boroughs, starting in the Bronx. I'm Liz Radabali for WABC News. Nearly half of Americans say achieving retirement security would take a miracle now. According to a new study from Natixis Investment, 
47% of participants said they would need a miracle to save up enough retirement funds, and 48% said they expect to face tough trade-offs in retirement, like living frugally. Over 80% of respondents said inflation is a big threat to their savings. The U.S. is ranked number 20 in terms of retirement security, with Norway, Switzerland, and Iceland at the top of the list. I'm Jim Forbes. Walmart, one of the latest brands now to pull their ads from X. It's been a tough time for X owner Elon Musk. The company announced the decision on Friday saying it had found other platforms to better reach its customers. Walmart joins a growing list of companies, including Apple and Walt Disney, that made similar decisions after Elon Musk liked a controversial post about the Israel-Hamas war. During a New York Times deal book summit on Wednesday, Musk hurled expletives against advertisers who were pulling their ads from X, but also ended up apologizing for his post. And while we're doing business news, the cost of Christmas, I'm sure you're seeing this as you're out there shopping, has gone up. Every year, the good people at PNC Bank release their Christmas price index. And this year, inflation has bumped up the cost for the 12 days of Christmas presents by about 2.7%. If you were to purchase all 76 gifts from the English Carol... From the 12 drummers drumming to the partridge in a pear tree, you would now have to drop $46,729.86. Gift wrapping and shipping not included. I'm Bree Tennis. All right, the opening bell, it rings this morning after stocks close higher Friday to end the first day of trading in December. At the closing bell, the Dow gained 294 points. Meanwhile, S&P 500 rose 26, NASDAQ jumped 78 points. Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me, 531. Good morning. It is Monday, December 4th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sun clouds today, high 52. Tonight, overnight, partly cloudy, low 39. And then Tuesday, mostly cloudy, high 47. If you're walking out the door with us right now, so happy you are. 40, partly cloudy in Nanuet up in Rockland County. 42 and partly cloudy in Oxford down in New Jersey. And it is 45 and clear outside our Midtown studios. We'll start this half hour with a strange story about a young woman found dead at the bottom of a compactor chute at a condo building in Manhattan. So this 24-year-old, her name is Jacqueline. She's from uh, Brooklyn. She leaves a party, a work Christmas party on Thursday evening. There's video of her sort of uh, walking like she's drunk, struggling, uh, stumbling along on the sidewalk. And then she goes missing, and nobody knows where she is on Friday. Her family is looking for her. And then her body is found in a compactor chute in a building on West 28th Street by workers there. This is about 3 p.m. Friday. It took until Saturday till they were able to figure out it was this woman, Jacqueline Elmquist from Brooklyn. The, the doorman should have checked, like, the cameras, I don't know, but the fact that she died in the in the inside the building, like, it's super weird and alone, like... 
And that's a woman who actually lives in the building. So there is surveillance video that shows this woman stumbling down West 28th Street, attempting to open doors along the way. It's not clear yet how she gained access to this condo building. Law enforcement sources say that police were investigating whether the woman was connected to a missing persons case. But she was last seen getting into a cab at a nearby restaurant. I mean, this whole thing is sort of strange. They're trying to piece it together. So far, police say they don't think any criminal activity is involved in this, but they're not 100% sure. It's just nauseating. Honestly, I feel so bad that they found that body and this happened to them. Yeah, meanwhile, residents of this building on 28th Street horrified to hear that there was a woman who ended up in the trash compactor there. Obviously, it can happen like everywhere, but the fact that um, they don't know what happened to her and that she has died in that way, it's yes. horrible. So we reached out to police early this morning didn't get any response. The city's medical examiner working to determine the cause and manner of that woman's death. Staten Island Republican Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis claims the city is engaged in an effort to register non-citizens to vote in municipal elections. It's something the city is denying. But Maliotakis holding this press conference over the weekend says information uncovered through a freedom of information law request related to a city contract with a migrant shelter. She claims the contract requires workers to distribute voter registration cards and assist migrants in registering to vote. The contract is with this group called Homes for the Homeless, which operates a shelter on Staten Island. Now, the city's Department of Social Services responding to a request for information yesterday saying they call these allegations false and baseless. But uh, Congresswoman Maui Otakis says she's going to hand over more information today that she says will prove that they're trying to get these uh, migrants registered to vote in the next election. 535, the United Bodegas of America announcing yesterday this plan to arm its workers who work at these bodegas across the city so they can protect themselves from criminals. Many bodega owners say they fear for their lives on a daily basis, and they like the idea of having a gun and learning how to use one. Sometimes I do late nights uh, work over here, and I do not feel safe at all. We actually need a weapon. So Fernando Mateo, he's head of the United Bodegas of America. He says his association has quietly been helping workers obtain carry permits since June of last year when the Supreme Court struck down this New York law that placed strict restrictions on carrying concealed firearms in public for self-defense. So now he's trying to convince anybody that owns a bodega that it's a good idea to arm themselves. Make sure that... Uh, they uh, are ready to protect themselves. We are able to break down the barriers that were preventing us from applying for a pistol. Yes, yeah, so some people in the community who are near these bodegas, this woman up in Harlem says she doesn't necessarily like the idea of knowing that her bodega owner has a gun. They're not out here to provoke any incidents. We are trained to de-escalate situations. So Mateo says of the nearly 15,000 members he represent, a few hundred have already obtained their gun licenses. Dozens more are working towards getting one of those permits. They're not out here to provoke any incidents. We are trained to de-escalate situations. Yeah. So uh, he says, yeah, he says he's uh, not shocked 
that as word gets around that he's uh, helping train and obtain firearms for bodega workers, more people are ringing his phone, emailing him, texting him, saying they, too, want to have a gun if they're going to be working at a bodega somewhere across the city. WABC News Time 539 watching just this horrendous story out of Far Rockaway, Queens yesterday. Man, when... On a stabbing rampage there yesterday, killing four people, including two kids, before attacking two police officers who arrived at the scene to stop this. The uh, suspect, he was shot and killed by one of the officers. They had gotten a 911 call about an assault in progress. This was a home on Beach 22nd Street in Far Rockaway. A female caller said that her cousin was killing her family members. Uh, Neighbors heard the commotion. Uh, but nobody could stop it. Police uh, thankfully arrived before he could kill more people. An encounter that lasted about 10 seconds where the male put, draws a knife on officers. He stabs one officer in the neck. Yeah, so officers on patrol responded to this location. They approached this man who was leaving the driveway of this residence. He had luggage with them. They confronted him. That's when he uh, took a knife and, uh, uh, you know, uh, Uh, went and tried to stab them. They fatally shot him. Uh, So when they were able to get into the home, they found an 11-year-old girl lying on the ground. Uh, This was outside the home. Then uh, inside the home, they found a 12-year-old boy dead, a 44-year-old woman, and a 30-year-old man. Uh, Neighbors say they heard the commotion, and so there were a number of calls made to 911. My 18-year-old daughter heard the gunshots. She heard crying. She heard um, the whole commotion. Yeah. So she's very traumatized, very hurt. Because she's not sure if the children went to her middle school. We're not sure yet. You won't be shocked to hear that the man who carried out this crime, uh, neighbors say he had mental health issues. Uh, Of course, he is no longer alive. There's one person who seems to, well, hopefully will survive this, who was uh, stabbed. Uh, He is in critical condition. Officers initially had a hard time getting into the home because the guy stabbed these four people and then he set a couch on fire and then raced out of the home. There was just something that was in my body that I really had to do. So I put the flowers out there and I said a prayer and stuff for the whole family because they're going to need it. Yeah, that was a neighbor who started a vigil outside this home yesterday. 541 out to uh, Gravesend, Brooklyn. There was a big rally yesterday demanding that a homeless shelter planned for this neighborhood be relocated. Department of Social Services have proposed this facility on 86th Street. It's supposed to bring what they say opportunity to New Yorkers in need of housing. But neighbors say... They don't want these uh, would all be homeless men living in their neighborhood. You want to put a homeless shelter here? It's just a terrible location. It's a terrible choice. I mean, there are so many uh, other areas, rural areas, where there are no residences. Uh, Why here? Yeah, people in the area say there are schools, nursing homes in the area that would be way too close to the shelter. They say the facility Gravesend would not solve the homeless problem. Uh, We reached out the Division of uh, Homeless, uh, and they said the shelter is expected to house over 100 single homeless men, including those who experience mental health challenges. That did not make anybody in Gravesend feel any easier about the shelter coming to their uh, area, their neighborhood. But we are not going to allow some developers and some operators to make huge amounts of money at the expense of taxpayers, and using homeless people as pawns 
where they are not giving them the services that they're entitled to. Now, we didn't get a word from City Hall of what the exact date or where the shelter exactly would open, but uh, the neighbors, a lot of them, showing up in the rain yesterday to try and stop it. Out to Long Island, police investigating a string of robberies at 7-Eleven stores and gas stations across the island. This was over the weekend. You had uh, the Bola Market, Ronkonkoma Avenue. That was held up like 1.40 in the morning. Cashier handing over money, drove off. Then uh, police responding to a 7-Eleven on Merrick Road in Amityville. This was about 2.30 a.m. It sounds like they're all related. They don't know for sure. The store manager said a man wearing a mask and a hood entered the business, pointed a gun at a cashier, jumped the counter, took 900 bucks before leaving. Of course, people who use these gas stations say, you know, that has them a little panicked. I'm at this gas station three, four times a week. It's scary, but that's the way it is. Yeah, so uh, thankfully nobody hurt in any of these robberies. When we added them all up, it seems as it was five in the matter of three or four hours, all of these close together. So that would suggest it was the same person behind them all, but police don't know that yet for sure. I mean, it is is kind of scary because, like, this is where I'm, I'm here, like, almost once a week, you know. So it is kind of scary, I would say. Yeah, so so far police have not made any arrests. Christmas in New York has, of course, so many traditions. There's the uh, Rockefeller Center Christmas tree, the Rockettes, uh, skating at Bryant Park. Now the newest one is these uh, holiday nostalgic subway train rides, courtesy of the MTA. You can take a trip and back in time, get on one of these subway cars. On Saturdays now through Christmas on the DNF lines, they have eight subway cars from the old days. They have the old seats, uh, straps for the strap hangers, uh, those ceiling fans, those light bulbs. Remember the ones that used to flicker on and off as you went through uh, subway tunnels? They're back as well. And uh, people who are train fanatics are waiting at these stations to get on these trains. They're all excited about it. There was it. a lot of spring in the seats, and it, the ride was very smooth. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, so uh, they have advertisements in the subway cars from the 30s and the 40s. It was interesting to see people get on this train not knowing they were coming in. They were like, what the hell is going on? What happened to my old train? Uh, but then you had people who were dressed up for the time period or very into it. I just want to go back to my, like, childhood, get that Christmas spirit, you know. Right. We're talking 1930s, though. <laughs> yeah, okay. Each of the uh, subway cars has its theme. They pack with both tourists and New Yorkers over the weekend. Actually, one celebrity was on one of these cars. You might recognize his voice. This is Charlie Pellet, the guy who says, stand clear of the closing doors, please. Yes, I ride the subways every day. Yeah, that was one of the train fanatics who showed up uh, over the weekend. All right, 545, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. Happy Monday. Good morning, Anthony Hopkins. Good morning, Gnome. Happy Monday is right. Not a happy Monday for Jets fans. Uh, Sports brought to you by Peerless Boilers. In the NFL yesterday, the Jets fell to the Atlanta Falcons on a low-scoring affair, 13-8. to The Jets got off to a good start with the safety in the first quarter to go up 2-0, to but that was the last time the Jets would lead in the game. With the loss, the Jets go uh, fall a four and eight this season, which put them in third place in the AFC East. The Jets will be at home next Sunday to take on the Houston Texans. The Giants want to buy this week and will play the Green Bay Packers next Monday on Monday Night Football. On the ice, the Rangers were the only local team in action yesterday as they beat the San Jose Sharks in a high-scoring affair, six to five. 
The Rangers are back on the ice on Tuesday in Ottawa to play the Senators. The Devils will be taking on the San Jose Sharks Tuesday, and the Devils are in Vancouver to take on the Canucks on Tuesday as well. That's sports brought to you by Peerless Boilers. Go to peerlessboilers.com or paviliontankers.com for a dealer near you. Peerless Boilers, the world's best built boilers. I'm Anthony Hawkins for sports. WABC News Time 548. These U.S. warships in the Red Sea being attacked. A U.S. warship, multiple commercial vessels attacked in the Red Sea yesterday. Getting more reports even this morning of more attacks. The USS Kearney, which previously shot down missiles, drones aimed at it as it escorted a commercial vessel through the war-torn region, was targeted Along with at least two other commercial ships, this was about 10 a.m. local time in the Middle East yesterday. The assault lasted for about five hours. Uh, U.S. officials not identifying where the military fire came through uh, from, although they did shoot down at least one drone yesterday. They think... Yemen's Houthis rebels are behind this, but uh, they have not said so. They have attacked uh, Israel's uh, ships, that commercial ships that have gone through the Red Sea, all due to the uh, Hamas-Israel war. That, as the Israeli Defense Force is carrying out a wave of airstrikes on Hamas terror cells in the Gaza Strip overnight, attacking tunnels, uh, command centers, weapon storehouses, the military says naval forces shelled Hamas military infrastructure and vessels. Essentially, they said they did a lot of damage to Hamas in the last 24 hours. Since the start of the war, the IDF has located 800 tunnel shafts and destroyed 500 of them, in addition to many miles of tunnel routes under civilian areas. Our Soldiers are finding large quantities of weapons in those shafts. The Israelis doing this as the Israeli military continues to evacuate Palestinians ahead of what's expected expansion of this ground operation to the southern Gaza Strip. They had Arabic-speaking soldiers out telling people to get out of the way. That is these hostage negotiations to release more of the hostages being held by Hamas in Gaza totally broke down over the weekend. That's what reignited this war. 120 hostages still being held today uh, with talks between Hamas and Israel essentially non-existent. That's bad news for the families, of course, with loved ones who are still being held. One of them is Michael Levy, his younger brother Orr, is still being held today. And he says he's still holding out hope Israel can negotiate his release. He lost his mother that was murdered there. And his father is kidnapped and is a hostage now. And for us, it's crucial to, to get him back and to, that, and, and to make sure that Almog uh, will have a father. So the last hostages that were released were over the weekend. One of them was Ramon Kirscht. Um, she is originally from uh, Israel but lived in California for a while. Uh, when she was grabbed off the streets of Israel back on October 7th, her glasses fell off. So among the horrible things she went through during her captivity, she couldn't see anything. So she says one of the greatest moments of, of course, being released was obviously seeing her family, but then also being able to see again. And Rimon puts on the glasses and she says, I can see. Like, for two months, I wasn't able to see. I can the see. The awful, awful part of the story is Ramon's husband was also taken on that day. He was not released over the weekend. But the fight is not over because 
We will only win when all of the hostages are back. Benjamin Netanyahu's spokesman says the government military will continue to pound Gaza because it's a war he says they cannot lose. We can't have terrorists on our borders that can just, you know, it will cross over into Israel and butcher our people again. It must be understood the Israeli people will not stand for that any longer. That is, the U.S. will try to continue to negotiate some sort of truce between the two sides. F the U.S. F the U.S.? Uh, F the U.S. F Joe Biden. F uh, Anthony Blinken. He's a traitor. Doesn't care about Israel. We are not going to stop what we're doing in the South. We are not going to stop until everyone is dead. F the U.S. I'm saying it out loud, man. This government is so full of it. There's such a bunch of phonies. They are so not pro-Israel, Mr. Michael Goodwin. F the U.S. Well, John Kirby, uh, Sid, was one of the people over the weekend who's trying to get the two sides together. He doesn't think that it's going to happen. I don't want to get the sides like together. What's that? Happen. No, I don't want to get and, and by the way, who knows how many of these 120 hostages are even still alive? And the truth is, some of these young women who have not come home will not come home because the stories they're about to tell about getting gang-raped every day for 60 days by 10 or 20 of these animals every single day are going to make people like the squad have to, you know, explain that one. I mean, Dana Bash over the weekend had to yell at Jayapal. Dana Bash, of all people, had to yell at Jayapal about how she's got to stop sympathizing with people who rape women. This is unbelievable what's going on here. It is. How was, mean, Port, how was Puerto Rico? It was gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry I, I stepped on John Kirby. Then. That's sorry. okay. <laughs> you can keep stepping on John Kirby all day if you want to. It's fine by me. But here's a little more from John Kirby. Hamas failed to come up with yet another list of women and children that could be released. And we know they're holding additional women and children, not combatants, not female IDF soldiers, but innocent civilians, women and children that they have that they couldn't put on a list. Uh, Senator Lindsey Graham putting more pressure on Iran says that might be the key to get these remaining hostages released. But Sid might be right. I don't they may not be released no matter what. So what I would do is flip the script here. I would go to Iran and say, listen, uh, you know, you need to tell Hamas to let these hostages go. If you don't, you're going to start paying a heavier price. Graham believes if Iran feels threatened by what Hamas does, uh, Iran will tell Hamas to change their actions. You know, Hamas doesn't exist without Iranian uh, help. Yeah. And then, of course, this report coming out from The New York Times over the weekend that said Israel knew about this October 7th attack for more than a year, but did not believe Hamas could carry it out, even though they witnessed Hamas uh, doing planned uh, exercises of how they would carry it out. This plan was um, uh, detailing how 1680, 80 Hamas commandos will cross the border in 60 different places. But apparently Israeli authorities, minus one woman who was uh, with the military, did not believe Hamas could carry it out. So they did not pay as close attention as they should have. They did not disregard. But they said this is a sort of a dream, aspirational uh, plan. This is where Hamas wants to be, not where they are able to be. Yeah, I imagine they'll deal with all the political fallout of that once this war is over. We'll bring it back home today. City firefighters will be the latest group to protest Mayor Adams across the board. Budget cuts. Firefighters say their jobs became more dangerous with the elimination of the fifth man from 20 engine companies. FDNY says staffing levels 
are routine. The 5% cuts hit every agency, including the NYPD, sanitation, the elimination of library Sundays. Mayor Adams says the financial burden of housing the migrants is what makes these cuts necessary. But the FDNY says these cuts are incredibly dangerous to them. We'll hold more for them during a press conference later today. And Governor Hochul says she'll soon determine when a special election will be held to replace ousted New York Congressman George Santos. Many voters in Nassau County and Queens in the area that he represented are ready to hit the polls again. I'm delighted that they finally got their act together to get rid of this guy. He's a bum. He's a liar, a bum, a fraud. I mean, he shouldn't be in government. I mean, would you hire him? He wasn't convicted of a crime. He hasn't done anything any worse than any other politician. Yeah, so, of course, a debate about whether he should have gone, but he was expelled on Friday. Governor Hochul says a special election will come soon. When you look at his lack of ethics and the fact that, you know, he has not served the people of our state, particularly New York 3, where he resides, it's been an abysmal run for him. Yes, so state law shows Hochul has to set a special election date within 10 days of the vacancy. Then the election would take place 70 to 80 days afterwards. Everybody has thrown their hat into this race, so it should be awfully interesting when they finally get to Election Day, the special election.